Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hey everyone, thank you so much for um, tuning in tonight. I'm going to kick off November's Bible study teachings um, every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. If you've been receiving the emails, then you know that Pastor Keith is already giving you the heads up that I'll be teaching. So no Pastor Keith, I'm sorry. However, um, you still can continue to tune in on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. as he walks through this sermon series called The Weight of Waiting. Um, Every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. you can catch Pastor Keith teaching that. Listen, I'm going to be discussing something throughout the entire month of November. Why I intend to, we'll see where the Lord leads me. But this this subject around the simplicity of the gospel, that's what I'll be teaching on tonight. The simplicity of the gospel in different parts. So we'll see. We'll see how God um, leads us. But that's my desire. That's my hope is to teach on that. Um, So I'm going to get straight to it. I'm not going to be before you long. So let's go ahead and go to God in prayer and then we'll move forward. Excuse me. Father, we thank you so much for tonight, God. We thank you um, for the privilege that it is, oh God, to connect even via technology, oh God, and to glean um, over your word, oh God. We thank you for the written word that you've left for us, oh God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, oh God, that leads and guides us into all truth. We thank you for equipping and um, providing everything that we need, oh God, to know what your will is for our life. We love you, God. We appreciate you. And I pray for every person that's tuned in in this moment, oh God, who will be tuning in. And also for myself, that you would give us ears to hear and a heart to receive what you prepared for us, oh Lord, concerning this subject around simplicity, oh Lord. Keep it simple for us tonight so that we can receive all that you would have for us. God, we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay. So, um, again, I want to talk a little bit around this subject called the simplicity of the gospel. And we're going to pick up at 2 Corinthians 11 and 3. 2 Corinthians 11 and 3. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. If someone is tuned in right now and you're a fast typer, unlike myself, um, or a texter if you're on your phone, can you put in the comment box for me 2 Corinthians 11 and 3, New King James Version, NKJV, okay? 2 Corinthians 11 and 3. And excuse me, y'all. Here's what it says. It says, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his uh, craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Let me read that one more time. But I fear, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So um, I want to talk to you about what's going on in this scripture really quickly. Pick up, let you know where we're picking up at. I usually don't, I love the stories of the Bible. And so just to grab one scripture and teach from it sometimes, I think it's important that we know a little bit of the backdrop. So what's going on is the converts at Corinth have basically um, been misled by some false apostles or are being misled. And so Paul has gotten word of it. And we kind of catch Paul in the middle of this letter, so to speak, addressing them. 
Um, he's addressing what's going on, what he's heard. Um, and if we had time to dig through all of this, which I wish we did because I love digging through and learning and understanding what's going on, but that we don't have the time for that. But if we did have time, what we'll discover is just how crazy and complicated these false teachers um, had made things for the church at Corinth, okay? Um, what Paul had taught them was true. It was simple. They were sticking to it. Um, Paul leaves and now he's gotten word that these false apostles have come in and they have just muddied the waters. There's just so much going on and it's really a hot mess. And that's where this verse is um, picking up at. So it's an issue because listen, whenever our walk in Christ gets complicated, it's usually an indicator that we're departing from Christ, okay? Whenever our Christian walks, walk gets complicated, it signifies that we're departing from Christ. And I read something the other day that says um, the main thing about being a Christian is to see to it that the main thing remains the main thing. The main thing about being a Christian is to see to it that the main thing remains the main thing. And that's kind of what Paul is doing with the church here at Corinth. Um, he's addressing them because they are deviating from the main thing, which is Christ, okay? Um, this has gotten out of hand. And so tonight I want to kick off this topic of the simplicity um, of the gospel, but as it relates to our relationship in Christ, okay? It's my goal to go through different parts of this throughout the month of November. But tonight I want to talk about the simplicity in Christ, kind of what Paul um, the, using somewhat the Paul, the same words that Paul said. He said, from the simplicity that is in Christ. So let's read this one more time um, before we dig into this a little bit. It says, <clears throat> I'm just reading 2 Corinthians 11 and 3 if you just tuned in. But it says, but I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, I'm not Pastor Keith, okay? So I have just one overarching point, one overarching point. Um, my fast texters or typers, please put this in the comment box. Simplicity defends against deception, okay? Simplicity defends against deception. That's the overarching point. Um, when something is simple and straight to the point, it leaves little room for deception, okay? Um, there's a great benefit, I believe, in keeping things simple. I don't know about you, but I can't stand when stuff is complicated. In my work life, in church life, with the kids, anything, I'm always fighting, fighting, fighting for simplicity. I don't like things to be confusing. I don't like things to be complicated um, because when things are complicated, um, they can obviously become confusing. And I'm convinced that confusion is the door in which deception enters. Confusion can be the door in which deception enters if we're not careful. And so that's why um, that simplicity that is in Christ that Paul was speaking of in the verse is so important. You know, he's like, hey, what, what's going on here? This is telling the, the, the church at Corinth, what is going on? This is muddy. This is messy. They have y'all doing all kind of stuff. This, this is a hot mess. And so um, it was very important for um, Paul to remind them of the simplicity that was found in Christ. Um, because what these false teachers was doing was completely unnecessary, okay? They had them doing, again, we don't have time to dig through this, but if you were to dig to, through this, then you will understand that they had them doing all kind of unnecessary stuff. And really, it did not take all of that, okay? I know what sometimes we like to say in some of our churches, oh, it take all that and more. But in this situation concerning this topic, it really didn't take all of that um, at the basic core of their Christian walk. And Paul wanted to make that clear because things had gotten way too complicated and too much was added. Now, I think um, <clears throat> despite 
what we see in the body of Christ a lot of times. Now, we have to be very mindful of this, okay? Because there's too much in scripture that, that teaches on and hints to Christ, how Christ values clarity and simplicity. There's just way too much in scripture. I don't have time to think, um, dig through all of it, but we can think about Matthew 5 and 37 when he says, let, let keep it simple. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond that is from the evil one, okay? That's scripture. It says, let your yes be yes. If you're going to say yes, say yes. If you're going to say no, say no, because anything beyond that is for, um, it, it comes from the wicked one. Now, I, I understand that that verse is more so specifically talking about these outlandish promises, uh, making these types of promises and, and saying you're going to do this and not keeping those oaths. Okay, I get that. But what also screams from that verse is keep it simple. It, it's not going to, it doesn't take all of that. Okay, we have to be very careful because when we start to add so much to stuff, um, then the intention behind it begins to alter a little bit. Okay, so that's what, that's why I wanted to bring up that verse. But Christ values, I believe, um, honesty, transparency, and straightforwardness. We just need to let our yes be yes, our no be no, and just keep things all together very simple, okay? Because once we start to do more, we kind of move into, and this is going to be a strong word, I think people are going to be like, okay, Serena, that's a bit much, but you move into demonic activity, okay? Because God doesn't deal in deception. So once things start to um, <clears throat> move in that direction, now it is demonic, okay? So we want to be very mindful of that. Now, Here's the thing with <clears throat> the Corinthians. They were really being deceived because these false apostles were really leading them away from their Christianity all, or, or from Christianity altogether. I mean, completely leading them away from what they knew like the, the, about Christ, so to speak. And so I'm going to assume just for the purposes of tonight that we don't share that same testimony. Um, I'm, I'm just going to assume that for now that we don't share this testimony of being completely led away from our faith <clears throat> like was with the Corinthians. But I still have to ask this question. What, are, what area or areas <clears throat> are you being deceived in? What area or areas are you being deceived in as it relates to your Christian walk? And I'll, I'll put it a different way like this. Um, when it comes to your relationship with Christ, is there any area where there's confusion? Is there any area where there's some confusion? You have to ask yourself, what are the areas of confusion in my Christian walk? Where's the doubt? Um, where's their hesitation? Um, what am I skeptical about? Um, where's the uncertainty, okay? I think it's important that we explore these areas because if we had time, and I, I wanna encourage you to, to do this, Pastor Keith encourages this a lot, just because we're teaching from a verse, um, doesn't mean that you shouldn't take out time to still read it. But if you study 2 Corinthians, then what you'll discover is that the Corinthians already had some lingering issues of confusion going on that they hadn't dealt with. Um, they had doubts about Paul's credentials. Um, they were skeptical, skeptical about the way he acted as an apostle. Um, <clears throat> and that unaddressed confusion concerning their spiritual leadership is what I believe became the open door for the enemy um, than to lead them astray using false teachers, okay? So they already had some lingering areas. That's why it's important for us to, to really look at the spaces in our life as it relates to our Christian walk where we're uncertain about a lot of things or where we're questioning a lot of things because that's going to become an open door for the enemy. And that open door is exactly what deception will walk through. But we have to keep in mind that 
if we keep it simple, um, simplicity will defend against that deception, okay? When things are clear, when they're straightforward, when we understand them, then it leaves very little room for misunderstanding. So if the, if the Corinthians had issues, if they had questions about Paul, what would have been better is if they would have addressed those issues, spoke with Paul, got clarity, but because they didn't, then it put them in a position to be easily de um, deceived. Now, I, I can tell you from personal experience, um, now I watch not only my conversations that I hold, but I also am very mindful of the type of content that I absorb, okay? I'm, I'm very I'm very careful about that. I, I Many years ago, um, when I was an undergrad in, uh, at USF, actually uh, my freshman year, I kind of had some questions um, about some things, and so I started to do my own research, and which nothing wrong with that, but I started to do some research, and I started to kind of seek out some things, like it was some conversations talking about, you know, our blacks, the, the, the Jews, and y'all forgive me, I'm in this room where the lights um, will cut off, so I adjust, um, where our blacks... Uh, the Jews, or what about the lost books of the Bible? Um, what about Judas? Um, you, you know, what about these books? And so I started to research this stuff. I started to get into all this stuff. And, and what I kind of found was that each question kept leading me down a darker and darker path. I kept getting more and more confused. And by the time I was completely done researching all of this and looking into this, I was more confused than when I started, and worse, I realized I was at the brink of questioning and had begun to question everything I knew in Christ, absolutely everything. What started out as a, oh, okay, I wonder if there are some other books that I need to be reading, or I wonder if this and that and that, you know, it started to muddy the water. Things got so confusing that by the time, and I won't even say I caught it, by the time Christ caught me uh, and, and, and kind of redirected me, I was at the point of questioning his very existence, questioning everything that I knew to be true, not because I studied, but stuff that I had experienced, uh, questioning my entire relationship with him, the basis of my relationship with him. And that was very dangerous. And I believe that's precisely where the enemy wanted me to be, okay? I don't think it was ever his intent. He didn't care about which path I took, which content, what questions I was asking. His main goal was to lead me right to that place where, you know what? God doesn't exist. I don't believe God. And he'll never do that abruptly. He knew that in my own personal time with Christ, even as a young um, young adult, he couldn't come to me and just drop off a thought or present some information that God doesn't exist. No, he was subtle. Remember, he's the king of deception. He was very subtle. It, it started with a little bit here, a little bit there, until by the time I realized that everything was so complicated, everything was so muddy and so confusing, that deception was meeting my address and it was getting ready to take me um, astray, so to speak, just like the church at Corinth. Um, listen to what Paul even started to focus verse off with, you know, when he was addressing the church at Corinth, he said, I just fear that um, just as he um, basically got Eve through deception, he's gotten into your head also, okay? Um, Eve knew that she wasn't supposed to eat that fruit. Eve knew that. Eve knew don't eat from that tree, period. <laughs> Those were the instructions. Those were the instructions. Don't eat from the tree, period. So she knew that. Um, she knew that she wasn't supposed to do that. And the devil knew Eve wasn't supposed to eat from that tree. But if he could get her in this place of doubt and uncertainty and have her questioning what those simple instructions, what those simple instructions were, don't eat from the tree, period. 
She knew that. She even re repeated that back to him. Oh, no, we're not supposed to eat from this tree. So she knew that. That was very simple. Um, but he got her in a place where doubt and uncertainty um, began to take place. And when it did, I believe that's when it opened the, the door for deception to enter. Okay. So the deception that got Eve and the deception that got the Corinthians will also get us if we're not mindful. Remember what the Bible says. We're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. Okay. We can't be ignorant of this. And we can't think ourselves to be standing so strong that this can't happen to us that we can't be led astray. I want to say this. We cannot have a relationship with Christ that's centered around confusion. Okay, I'm going to say it again. <clears throat> Someone help me out. My fast typers or texters put this in the comment box. We cannot have a relationship. We cannot have a relationship with Christ that is centered around confusion. We cannot have that. Um, there is a simplicity in Christ that protects us from being deceived, okay? There's a simplicity in Christ that protects us. And that simplicity that he offers is not to be toyed with, okay? It's not to be toyed with. That's not something that we want to play with too much. We want to make sure we heed to the words of Christ because he doesn't dabble in confusion. He just doesn't do it. In fact, <laughs> this is kind of crazy, but in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he told them, God is not the author of confusion. That makes me kind of wonder uh, me in my mind, I always have questions, but it makes me wonder if either Paul had already discerned that they had some areas of confusion or if he had already caught in word of it, like maybe someone had spoken to him. There, there was something that they were doing, some telltale signs. But he tells them in 1 Corinthians, he says, um, yeah, in 1 Corinthians, he said, God is not the author of confusion. So in other words, he's saying that, that uh -uh. if it's confusing, God ain't had nothing to do with that. He didn't create that, okay? That that doesn't come from him, which leaves us with one other option. That means that comes from the enemy. Let's never, never negate the simple instructions um, that are found in Christ, okay? It, it protects us. <clears throat> Here's the thing. As Christians, we, we love to be deep, y'all. We love it. We love it so much. We love the catchy quotes. I see them all day down my Facebook post. You post a scripture, get very little interaction you put your catchy little little um phrase or quote about scripture oh we love that we'll eat it up we'll share it we love crafty words and there's nothing wrong with that we love the hooping the hollering um especially colored folks we love all of that and i'm listen 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 let me say this disclaimer please don't put the word out that serena is against all of that i'm not against that i grew up cultured um, I, I believe and um, I believe that the, in the genuineness and a lot of that and, and I like it too. I, I really do. I really like it too. I wish I knew how to shout and I had some rhythm to dance. I love it. But my fear is that uh, I feel like we get too much out of all of that, that we negate the simplicity of our Christian walk. Um, I think that the reason we love it so much is because it makes us feel spiritual. I think that we like that feeling of feeling like, oh, it just it, 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 it's the, the sensation of it. It just makes me feel like I'm closer to God or that I know more about God. But we have to be careful. We have to be careful. Christ was the most spiritual man to walk there. Jesus Christ was the most spiritual man to walk there. Um, he never sins. Um, it's as spiritual as you're going to get. And yet his instructions and his ways were simple. They were simple, y'all. They were very simple. He was very clear and he was very concise. And I believe that if this was um, 2020, in the year 2020, if Jesus Christ had a church, I don't believe many of us would even go to his church. I believe that we would 
uh, consider it a little too, you know, boring or, oh, that's just too simple. Or, I can't really get with that. I need a little more, but I think we need to be careful, okay? Just, I'm just dropping this piece off. I don't want to go too left, but be careful because um, needing a little more could cost us, have us sitting under false teaching because we're caught up in a little more and missing that this is leading us from the simplicity that's found in Christ. Soon as Christ, um, soon as Jesus went public, some of his first words were, repent and be baptized. That's it. No long, deep sermon or nothing. Repent and be baptized. Simple. Then he said, come follow me and I'll make your fishes of men. Simple. Don't practice your deeds in front of other men to be noticed. Simple. That's simple stuff, right? When you pray, don't babble. Simple. When you fast, don't make it obvious. Simple. Don't store up treasures in heaven. I mean, I'm sorry, on earth, but rather in heaven. Simple. Very simple. If you go throughout the teachings um, and the actions of Jesus Christ, you will find that it was simple and it was straight to the point. Look at Matthew 6 and look at some of his teachings and go through all that when he talks about how you should pray. Simple. Very simple. Um, and so, again, I have to ask, um, or I'm sorry, not ask, but rather I have to say this. We cannot have a relationship in Jesus Christ that's centered around confusion. He just doesn't operate in confusion. We can look at his lifestyle. We can look at um, a number of scriptures. He does not operate in confusion because that's just an open door for deception. Now, someone may be thinking, well, Serena, I get that. I get that uh, Christ is simple. Uh, I understand all of that, but I don't understand everything I read. When I open the Bible, it's not as simple to me. Or this situation that I'm going through, I can't. I haven't found anything. God hasn't spoken anything um, in Scripture that really, really speaks to my specific issue. Where this thing is simple and clear that I can apply it to, and I get that. Trust me, I get it. I've been there, and I still am there in some ways. And different, depending on the situation and circumstance in my life, I completely get that. But here's my response: Wait, just wait. And, and I don't say that. And as an easy way to just be like, oh, wait on the Lord. No, I really mean it. You have to wait, okay? We don't want to leave these open, exposed areas for the enemy um, to, to, to slide in. <clears throat> you really just have to wait. I don't know where, and you may be saying, okay, right, a simple response. That's not going to help me in what I'm dealing with day to day. I'm sorry, but I think, now, if you call yourself a Christian, if you're not a Christian, then okay, we need to talk about this a little different. But if you call yourself a Christian, if you've heeded to the words found in Luke, I believe it's Luke um, 9 and 23, that says that we should, um, if, we, if we desire to follow Christ, that we should deny ourselves, that we should um, take up our cross daily um, and follow him. If that's what you're heeding to, then listen, we need to understand that God is not dictated by our time, okay? Our little set time frame of when we think we should know something. He don't owe us nothing. He don't owe us anything. He's absolutely God. And I, I, for some reason, we feel like we, we have this audacity to put time constraints or have an attitude with God as if, as if that's going to make him do something. He knows all. He sees all. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He understands your situation. It's not his desire. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. It's not his desire to leave you stuck. So if he hasn't given you the instructions or if he has and it hasn't been quite clear, if he hasn't given you revelation concerning the thing, then wait. Just wait, okay? We have a real issue 
with the part in Luke 9 and 23 of denying ourselves. That doesn't just mean, oh, let me stop drinking or let me deny myself from anything sexual or any outward sin that we like to think of. No, that also has to deal with our, our control tendencies, our tendency to dictate who God is and or, or what he'll do and who um, when he'll do it, do a thing for us. God doesn't have to answer to us. God doesn't have to answer to us. And I know that might be a hard answer for something that is really sensitive that you're going to going through. But the sooner we catch on to that, I promise you, the better we will be. There was something in my life I remember I was going through and I was asking God, I'm like, okay, God, this is, I'm doing everything I need to do. I'm doing everything right. I'm, I'm trusting. I'm believing. I'm, I'm, I'm serving. I'm doing all of this. And God had to remind me, I don't owe you anything. I don't owe you absolutely anything. And I, I really, um, this is my revelation. God was like, I really hope you're not just doing those things just to, to try to um, get an, a response out of me. Because God doesn't work like that. He's not a quid pro quo God that we do something and then he'll do something for us. He doesn't do anything like that. So if it's not simple for you, if you're reading it and something's just not sticking, then guess what? You got to wait. Okay. You got to wait. And he's the leader, we're the followers, and he'll lead us exactly where he needs us to be, okay? And if you have an issue with that, then I promise you, go read Job and you'll find out. Look at once all Job friends speak when, when um, God decided to speak. Listen to how he dealt with Job. And he was the one that says, um, you know, spoke of Job as being an upright man. And then just listen to the tone in which and the way in which um, God spoke when he spoke concerning Job, okay? You'll see that we were reminded of his sovereignty and that he is God, okay? So let's wait on him even when we don't understand it. Listen, God is God will always be clear and concise. He'll always be clear and concise, but the enemy will always be confusing and corrupting. God will always be clear and concise, but the enemy will always be confusing and corrupting, okay? I want you to think about that, and we need to ponder on the questions that I mentioned earlier um, throughout this week. Where are the areas um, of of confusion in my Christian walk? Where are the areas of confusion in my Christian walk? Um, because that area of uncertainty is the same area that will attract the devil. That area of uncertainty, I promise you, you, have, you let that, that, that area linger and deception will meet your address. So we want to be very careful with that, keeping with the simplicity that is in Christ that Paul spoke of will help ensure that we are not deceived by the enemy, okay? This is not a season, y'all. If 2020 has taught you anything, this is not a season to not be mindful or, or aware uh, of the enemy's devices, okay? God has already told us that we're not ignorant of them. So this isn't a time to... For us to be like, oh, I, I just don't know. No, you know, you know, you need to be aware, you need to be alert, and you need to be mindful. This isn't a season for us to be led astray, okay? Um, there's a lot at stake going on just in our world and um, people's personal lives. This is just a season where we need to hear from God. We don't need anything to muddy the waters. We don't need anything added to our Christian faith. We don't need to be going down any rabbit holes, okay? This is a time where we need to be sober, sober, alert, um, and mindful of what's going on. I believe that, as I'll say it, and I've said it from the beginning, simplicity will defend against deception. Simplicity will defend against this, um, deception. Christianity isn't about a set of rules. It's not about these set rigid rules that, okay, I need to 
do this, I need to do that, I need to make sure, you know, this check mark is done and all of that. It's not about that. It's about relationship, okay? And in that relationship, Christ gives us some simple and basic principles and we have to take heed to that and we have to follow that because anything outside of that is corrupted and it's not from God and it's going to lead us astray, okay? So, this isn't a deep word. This is a simple word about simplicity, okay? I hope you're catching that <clears throat> because it's this kind of stuff that we don't listen to and we don't take heed to. And then we find ourselves in these deep, dark places and all this stuff. And you're like, how in the world did I get here? It's because we, we veered away from the simplicity that Christ is, um, that Paul is speaking of to the church in Corinth. Um, in 2 Corinthians, he, he, he's discussing the simplicity that's found in Christ. Okay, so we want to make sure we're extremely mindful of that. Listen, um, let's not be like the Corinthians. Let's not be like Eve, all right? Let's not be like that. Um, I, in a way, I thank God even for um, this written word that their, their mistakes were written down so that we can glean from it and we can grow from it and we don't have to find ourselves in these crazy and complicated um, situations. Let's address the areas where we have confusion, where there's complication. I know some people even have an area of uh, a confusion concerning their prayer life. Um, I, I, I hear people say, well, I don't, and I've been guilty of this. I hear them say, uh, well, I don't know how to pray. You know, that's an area of doubt. That's an area of uncertainty that I ask you to explore. Um, I want you to kind of address those issues. And I hear people say that a lot. And it really speaks to their area of doubt. And the enemy, when you start to hear stuff like, I can't pray, then you know that deception has caught in. Deception doesn't have to be something you know, so dark, dark, dark and deep. But when I hear someone say, I can't pray, Usually that tells me that they have an area of doubt or uncertainty in their Christian walk as it relates to their prayer life and speaking with Jesus and deception has led them to believe that they cannot pray and that's not true. Go back to Matthew 6. Forgive me, the video cut off on me, but um, what I was saying was that it's not true about the praying piece. You can go back to Matthew 6 and you will see that Jesus said that when you pray, this is how you should pray. Okay, This is how you should do it. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Uh, you're just talking to God. I don't uh, all that other added stuff. Oh, well, I need to do this. I need to be saying this. I got to say it this way. Or if I don't say it at this volume, it's not um, passion enough or it's not enough power. And, and a lot of times people don't teach us that we just see that and assume it. And that's an area of confusion or uncertainty um, that we don't seek God about or glean from his simplicity in the word um, concerning that area. And then look up now we're um, deceived into thinking that we can't pray and that's not true so we have to be very careful of that okay um so explore those areas see what areas um that you're 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 you've allowed um confusion maybe to to linger for too long and, and ask god to to give you his simple truth to apply it amen uh, I'm just going to pray and I pray that you got something out of this tonight. We're discussing the simplicity of the gospel and tonight we talk about it as it relates to our relationship with Christ. Um, we'll talk about it in another manner on next week and I pray you'll join us at 730 on Thursday. So let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your simple truths. <clears throat> we thank you for the reminder, oh God, that when confusion and complication is lingering in an area of our life, oh God, that deception is right around the corner, oh God. You said that we wouldn't be ignorant of the enemy's devices, so I thank you on tonight for even giving us more clarity through this message concerning the enemy's devices, oh God. 
Father, I pray for every person, oh God, who discovers, including myself, the areas of confusion, the areas of doubt, the areas of uncertainty, the areas where we may be a little skeptical concerning things in our relationship with you. I pray, oh God, that you will provide clarity, oh God. It is your desire that we know you, oh God. You didn't send your son to die on the cross, oh God, for us to just live in limbo, oh God, but you came so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And so I pray, oh God, that you would give us the clarity that we need so that we may live this abundant life that your son Jesus Christ died for. Help someone, oh God, in the waiting process is difficult. I spoke on it with ease, oh God, but I know in practice that it's challenging. And so, Father, I pray that you will help them now in Jesus' name during the wait process. Remind them, oh God, of what your word says in Psalm, that we should take courage um, and wait on you, oh Lord, that you will, oh Lord, come through as you promised, oh God. Father, we love you. Um, we adore you, and it's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Listen, thank you, thank you again so much for tuning in, and I pray that you all have a good rest of your evening. Amen. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident, because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.